At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Big bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Walshaw coming to you for the next two hours on this Labor Day edition of Big Bets. Who says you don't work on Labor Day? We, we work on Labor Day because we're going to try to find some winners out there for you. We hope everybody's having a good, safe start to your holiday. Yeah, absolutely right. And a good opportunity here. we got baseball, tennis, and, of course, college football tonight. We gotta uh, we gotta look back before we look ahead yep. uh, for college football and certainly get to the NFL on Thursday. To that end, Mark Dominic's going to join us. Really uh, going to be a joy to have Mark on the program for the former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then the one man gang himself, Lorenzo Alexander, will join us later on this hour as well. Of course, former captain of the Buffalo Bills as they get ready to take on the Rams on Thursday nights. We'll preview everything coming up in the NFL slate, but let's look back before we look ahead tonight to Clemson and Georgia Tech in college football. You and I and Kelly, we were talking a little bit before the show here. My goodness, buckle up college football betters because it was a wild weekend. We, You know there's going to be bad beats, great wins, the highs, the lows of it. But the prominent games, the ones that were really the national televised audience were watching predominantly – you can make the argument Utah and Florida on Saturday, and then last night, LSU and Florida State, you take center stage. Everybody's watching you in the college football world. Whew. Okay, I don't even know how to describe what happened at the end of that LSU-Florida State game other to say that family, Brian Kelly, they got to shore up the special teams. You missed a chippy extra point, which would have sent the game into overtime. Right. You missed a short field goal earlier in the game, and you muffed two punts that gives Florida State – 
short fields. And then somehow inexplicably, Florida State muffs it back to LSU, who then goes down the length of the field and somehow had a tick left on the clock in regulation when it looked like the receiver's knee was in bounds. Game should have been over. It wasn't. Amal, where do you begin to assess this Florida State LSU game? Well, I mean, to me, I thought it starts with bad play calling by Florida State when they got the ball back up by seven. You were moving the football all game. Jordan Travis, to me, what I would have done is I would have spread some receivers out and then looked like you were going to throw the ball and have him run. And then how about running the ball twice to the short side for no reason? Well, use your speed. They were able to move the ball effectively against this team. And then after that, you get the punt, the fumble, and then you run a toss play, Dave. That's got to be a hand. You know what that real play should have been? is a quarterback sneak. Yeah. Because if you don't get in, you force them to take a timeout, and then you kick a field goal, you go up by 10, or Jordan Travis gets in from a yard and a half out, the game's over. See you later, heading back to Tallahassee with the W. Instead, you are hanging out for dear life, and they're fortunate that Brian Kelly and the company didn't go for two there. I would have gone for two. You had all the momentum in the world. It's a great point. And again, I know if you, you backed LSU in the full game, well, you're going, just make the extra point. Let's go to overtime, roll yeah. the dice, see what happens there. Of course, Florida State's second half back, backers are going, how in the world did that not cover? Because they were getting a point and a half, I believe. So all those things, those variances that happened here for a game that was really very tight in the first half and then kind of got a little bit wide open and, and crazy in the second half. Going forward, like – what do you make more of LSU and their inefficiency, uh, certainly with, with the kicking game and special teams, or do you go, all right, Florida State, you got the win. They might be better in the ACC than people think. I, I think that's the case, but I also think that you have to look at LSU realistically. I just don't think they're a great football team, and I think we're going to see some problems from them going forward. They just have a lot of deficiencies, and you could see them in this matchup. Uh, to me, it was a bit surprising how poorly they played at times in this game. And unless they get things righted fairly quickly, this could be a potentially long season for Brian Kelly and company. And if you had the over, which was 51, missed extra point, you go Ooh. to overtime. No, if you just go to overtime, the worst you can do is push. Yeah. And sometimes a push isn't, isn't a bad thing, especially in a game like this, which never looked like the over was going to be in play until you miss an extra point. With one second to go in regulation. That's a great point, Dave. I didn't realize the game was sitting at 51. Yeah, opportunity there. You think, okay. Now, you did have a little bit of concern that they might go for two. Yep. That was one thing that, that was a, probably a thought in people's mind. But I was really surprised when I saw him hold up the number one finger. I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm surprised. You've got all the momentum in the world. You've got Florida State on their heels. And you haven't stopped them defensively all night. Not once. Right. Yeah. And so you lose Mason Smith with a knee injury. Uh, Big-time recruit. Oh, I think man. he's out of home of Louisiana. And then Gay, I, was it Gay who got the uh, personal foul? Or, the targeting. Yeah. 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 And, and that was a good call. He, he launched for sure. Uh, I mean, that was, that was I, the no, most obvious targeting right. you've ever seen so, in so your that, life. To, to Kelly's point, why did it take so long to review I don't it? Know. That should have been like the quickest targeting I've seen in the last several years. And I'm one of those guys that say, hey, let the kids play. You make mistakes. That one was pretty evident. I thought everybody could understand. I don't know why it took that long to do. Uh, very quickly, just a pro tip out there. Because I know on Saturday, we'll get to the Utah-Florida game here in a second. You found a lot of in-game wagering opportunities that you liked. And I know one of them was Boston College, that game uh, against Rutgers. Tell the people your, your theory, if you will, and also Ohio State when they were down to Notre Dame. What's the, what's the pro tip if you could give them on in-game wagering when you're watching a game and get a read on it? Yeah, if you think, you know, for example, the Boston College-Rutgers game, I thought uh, Rutgers was moving the ball effectively, and they ran the ball, Dave, on a 90-plus yard drive the whole way in the final drive. They never threw the ball. Wow. They ran it right down their throat. And if you're watching a game, it was a one-possession game, and I couldn't understand why Rutgers was cutting between 3 and $4 on the money line. 
Uh, I just didn't think, and when you look at the point spread, it wasn't worth necessarily taking in that scenario. So I think you have to be very uh, cautious sometimes when you do go for the money line, but you have to understand what the time scoring situation is. And I thought that was a perfect example here with uh, Rutgers against Boston College. In reference to the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, it always felt like to me Ohio State was going to win the game. You know, if you look at it from an offensive standpoint for uh, Notre Dame, they really had two plays. They had the Sonny Styles play to start the game, and then they had the uh, circus catch, and that was really all they were able to do most of the game from an offensive standpoint. So to me, I thought there were some opportunities out there, and if you took advantage of it, you could do well with it. And Amal, is that a scenario where you're watching that game? You know, Notre Dame, I know Kelly uh, as well, when you saw that Ohio State was losing, but you're watching the game going, hmm. You know, really barring a, a miracle like you saw in the Florida State-LSU game, where Florida State was controlling that game, right. the majority of it. So that's the reason that the handicap is to take Florida State plus the point and a half in the second half. Same thing for you, Kelly. When you're watching the game, you go, all right, Ohio State's losing. But I know eventually, to Maul's point, it felt like they were never actually going to lose Yeah, the th- game. that's where it was. It, they felt like the better side to me, even watching that whole first half of Maul. It was just, look, they weren't they weren't coming up with points at the end. And I, I think that is, I mean, something for college football live betting. I think it's great live betting. But you can usually tell, I think you can usually tell pretty quickly in that first half, you know, how the flow of the game's going and what teams, you know, if it, is it a kicker that just missed, it's a freshman, sophomore kicker that mi- missed an easy field goal, but you still marched 80 yards down the field. I think those are the opportunities you can target live bet in college football. And that was, you know, Ohio State, I know I'm getting one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, you know, getting one of the best wide receivers in the nation. Mm-hmm. That was easy for me when they were down to, fi- to lay six and a half live. In the, it was right around halftime. So it's not just the number, everybody, but I think that's the key here. When you're watching the flow of the game, like Kelly and Amal, as you're doing on a Saturday, with that, specifically that Ohio State game against Notre Dame, that's where you can really find, if you find a number to your advantage, and you understand the flow of the game and which team might be the better team, even if the scoreboard doesn't look like it yet, that's why you can hop in maybe on some halftime lines and certainly live game options there. Yeah, Dave, there's so many throughout the course of a day or a game. You know, you look at the numbers, for example, Oregon and Georgia. Yes. Uh, it was what was, wow. the, what was the final score in the game? Forty a thousand to three? Yeah. I think? No, no, but the reason why <laughs> I'm, what, what was yeah. the specific score? It was 40, uh, 48 to 40, three, right? Forty eight to three. So they had an in game total of fifty nine and a half. When it was forty-two to three, or um, I'm sorry, forty-one, uh, forty-one to three. But you knew that Georgia really didn't need to score anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry, it was fifty-nine and a half, and it was uh, forty-two to three. It was forty-five points scored, and it was fifty-nine and a half. Was the in-game total? How much it was time? Late, late third quarter. Okay. You know nobody's kicking a field goal the rest of the game because Oregon's already avoided the shutout. Dan, um, Kirby's not going to do that against Dan Lanning. Look, even on the touchdown they got to make it forty-nine. They called just like a quick flare pass. They were like, please make the tackle here. And they couldn't do it. And it was 49 to three. And okay, Oregon, even if they score, you're still not getting beat. To me, there's some numbers on the in play on the totals that are so advantageous if you pay attention. Because in a blowout situation, especially where the coaches have coached on the same staff, they're not going to try and embarrass each other. Uh, So you have to take that into consideration. The one thing that we haven't gotten into that's really just amazing to me is how many stupid coaches are oh. going to continue to get hired in college football? I oh. mean, I mean the stupidity that exists. We, we can start with, you can start with Thursday night. You can start with Friday. How about Brent Pry when Old Dominion gets the ball first and go at the one-yard line with a minute 30-something and doesn't call a timeout, and then ODU scores with about 40 seconds remaining? I mean, wh- what are you doing there? First game as head coach for Virginia Tech, a game we talked a lot about last week here on the show, and we, we kind of – we're telling him Monarchs felt like the right side. The number came down. Wow. It closed about six, six and a half. Uh, it paid out. They, they win the game. Uh, money line, you don't even need the points. But, yes, 
I mean, I know there's a lot of consternation in Hokie land today going, what was that all about? How do you not use your timeouts? You have them. That's why they're at least LSU did that. Now, Brian Kelly didn't do it on first down, but it did ultimately cause a fumble and gave LSU a chance to get back in the game. Yeah, but then we saw two situational spots where coaches were stupid on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame, chooses to throw the football on second down after Ohio State called timeout on first down, throws an incompletion, and the Buckeyes, Lathan Ransom almost blocks the punt. Right. I mean, my question is, why didn't you just run the ball, kill the clock? You got a 10-7 lead at halftime in, in Columbus. You feel pretty good about that. Brian Kelly, after uh, they fumble the ball on the punt return, doesn't call timeout on the first down play against uh, against Florida State. State. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? you got to save the clock there. The 40 seconds is more valuable than that timeout because they executed getting out of bounds extremely well on the offensive possession. It's amazing the ineptitude you see in time-scoring situation. You know, I just don't think coaches understand enough. You are playing the clock nearly as much as you're playing the opponent yes. in so many of these games. No question about it. And it comes down to it. Normally a play. Do you have time? Use those timeouts properly to get an extra play if you utilize uh, clock management well. And it does not happen all the time. Later on in the program, yeah. we're going to get to Heisman Trophy. I want to talk about this later on yeah. at some point. Because Anthony Richardson's stock is up. Cam Rising, uh-uh. It's not rising anymore. It is falling after that Utah-Florida game. Also right now, uh, United States Open is in action. You have some plays there we'll talk about, and Major League Baseball going on as well. But when we come back, Mark Dominic is going to join us here, former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take a look from his crystal ball, what he sees coming up. Week one of the NFL, it's almost upon us. Come on back. It's VEASAN's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody follows and knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber to get our comprehensive college and pro football betting guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, divisional finishes, and player awards. Sign up early and for a discount of $175, you're going to receive both guides and full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for just $40 a month and see everything VSIN has to up your betting game. Go to VSIN.com slash subscribe for all of your options. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside of Shaw, I am Dave Ross. We roll on with big bets here on a Labor Day Monday. We mentioned the Heisman Trophy a little bit going to break there, and this kind of ties in a little bit with the Utah-Florida game. My goodness, what a game that turned out to be. If you had Florida money line, obviously the plus the three, you're cashing those tickets either way, and the over did hit 29-26 is the final. But to me, I liked this Utah team. Now, by the way, it doesn't hurt them in the Pac-12. Right. So Utah's still live there if you're thinking about them possibly to win the conference. We'll see how you feel about after USC's early uh, easy win in week one as well. But certainly, I think you can say goodbye to Cam Rising, rising and his Heisman chances. Those are not rising. Those are falling. He is now 80-1. to 1. And by the way, Anthony Richardson is the big mover. Up to 22-1 to 1 right now to win the Heisman after his – eye-popping performance. Now, Amal, you, this is not going to surprise you or certainly Florida Gators and their backers. But to the novice fan that watched that game primetime Saturday, whoa, what'd you make of Anthony Richardson? What do you make of that betting market? Well, look, I, I thought he had an opportunity, if he could really develop as a passer consistently, to be a dangerous guy all around in college football. And we saw what he was able to do this past weekend. I'm not surprised that he, he rose as much as he did. And I think the fact that they won the game helps immensely. But I think he still would have been a guy – that you had to give strong consideration to simply because of the victory, mm. but also his performance. I think you have to give him a ton of credit for what he was able to do in terms of helping Florida. Uh, the big run there, I, was it before halftime, I believe, uh, putting that together? You take that 14-13 yeah. break. So yeah, if you had I mean, four to first half, that was a nice comeback and get, to get that one. 
as well. And, I mean, look, he wasn't overwhelming throwing the ball 17 for 24 for 168, but it was really on the ground 11 for 106 and a long of 45 and three touchdowns. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for him because he's still got to do it uh, unless he, he rushes for close to 1,200 yards and then throws for about you know 2,000. I, I think it'll be tougher for him to win. And also the Florida season, we're, we're going to get a real test with them again next week. They get Kentucky. Yeah, by the way – Eye test matters in Heisman voting. Yeah. So when you see Cam Rising in that decision on third down, he's 80 to 1 now. Is, he, is it dead or is that image going to be, man, you couldn't beat, let's say, what Florida turns out if they're a middle of the pack SEC school, right? In a game that if you're going to be the Heisman trophy winner, you've got to figure out a way to not make that goal line pick to lose the game. Yeah, I, I never look. I'm not a guy that believes in some of these types of programs. It's just uh, almost a geographic bias, and where you play in conferences is difficult. I mean, when you think about it in the Pac-12, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head um, what schools have produced Heisman Trophy winners. And Colorado with Rashawn Salam in '94, yeah. UCLA, I think Gary Beeban in '67, and USC, obviously with Reggie a plethora. Bush. Yeah, I mean, you got a ton of them, but I, I don't think any other school in the conference has won a Heisman Trophy. So. Was a guy from Salt Lake City in the Mountain Time Zone really going to do it unless they had a, such a phenomenal year? Uh, we'll continue that conversation a little bit later on, but we have to bring in Mark Dominic, the former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Mark, great to have you on the program. I, I miss talking football with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to join them all and I today. Look, we can't wait for the season to get started in the NFL on Thursday. Uh, very quickly, just on the Buccaneers, because I know you're still very close uh, to everything going on there in Tampa. It was a tumultuous offseason, to say the least, for the Bucs. I know that the prohibitive favorite to win the South and one of the short favorites to win the NFC again this year. What do you make of the Bucs in the preseason, Mark? Are you concerned at all? Or you say, hey, it's still Tom Brady. I don't have to worry that much. I'm not concerned about them. Still, I still think they win the South. I think New Orleans is going to give a good push in the South, but I still think it's going to be a two- to three-game gap between what New Orleans will be this year and what I think the Buccaneers will be, assuming that everything stays status quo now. The offensive line obviously can't take any more hits on Tampa Bay or Tom Brady. Obviously, will take a lot more hits during the season, but I still think the Bucs win the South. I think it's very easy to do that, and uh, I expect Tom Brady to be in the same form he was last year which was elite and one of his best seasons he's ever had at 44 years old. So I didn't see anything in the preseason, the little bit he played, and I haven't heard anything from the practice field to make me think any less. Mark, I'm going to go a little bit off topic because I was ranting about this before you came on, and you are <laughs> the perfect person to ask this question to being a front office guy. I, get to, I go apoplectic on these coaches who don't understand <laughs> clock management. I said to a friend of mine who's a former athletic director in college, I said, do you guys not um, give a mathematical test on time scoring situation to these head coaches? How many dumb coaches are we going to see every weekend? Brent Pry doesn't call a timeout when it's first and goal for ODU at the one-yard line with a minute and a half left. They score on the second play. Could have saved himself. Or, I'm sorry, they could have saved 30, 40 seconds there. We see Brian Kelly not call timeout after first down against Florida State. I mean, you, uh, Tommy Reese tries to throw the ball on second down and 10 when you could have gotten to the locker room without giving Ohio State an opportunity to block the punt. I mean, how many times do these coaches have to make mistakes before someone says, listen, you can know the X's and O's, but we need to know you can actually complete this scenario to understand you can manage the game for us. Yeah, there's, a, there's a logic element that you've got to have, right? There's one thing to sit there and say, I can design a play, but let's use logic behind it. I mean, you can take this all the way back. I can remember the Minnesota Vikings, right? And Brian Billick, right before halftime against Atlanta, decides to keep pushing the ball. They get the turnover, and Atlanta goes and scores and kind of changes that Super Bowl. Or if the Vikings, one of the greatest teams of all time, might have had that, that Super Bowl championship. So we, this isn't just something that's happened this week, like you're saying. This is something that you see all the time. And 
And the only thing I can do is, as a former GM is we would, I would talk to the coach about situational football ahead of time. Like, let's talk about situations. Let's talk about things that happen. How are you going to act, handle these kind of uh, – you're down by seven, 34 seconds left in the first half. What's your thoughts? You know, like asking him that and trying to play out these things. And then when you see situations like happen, like you talked about yesterday, some of these games, or on Saturday, I should say, um, you pull those forward and put the tape up on television and watch it with the coach. Watch it with your coordinators and have them watch these situations unfold so that they're like, oh, yeah, you know what, we need to be better at this and this. And that's the same thing we saw last year and why the Dallas Cowboys lost in the final game of the, uh, the postseason. Mark has to bring up the Cowboys. You see how he did that to me, Amal? He just snuck in that Cowboys shot, Mark. Speaking of America's team, Mark, the Dallas Cowboys, they are tied with the Eagles right now in the betting market at plus $1.50 to win the East. So clearly that's been a shift with all the Eagles moves in the offseason and certainly the A.J. Brown trade on draft day. When you're a GM and you're compiling a 53-man roster, I look at the Eagles roster, I might not like the quarterback as much as I, I like Dak Prescott. But I think I like their 53 better than the Cowboys 53 right now. When you look at the depth of those two specific teams, which team do you think has the better overall roster? I think the Dallas Cowboys still have a much better roster, Dave. And I know that's making you smile a little bit. As I yes, say sir. It, but I, I, I don't understand why that betting line is the same. I think it's off. I think Dallas Cowboys easily win the East. If you go back this last year, and I know they've added some pieces to their team. You know, Obviously, A.J. Brown's a big piece of that part puzzle. But if you go back to last year and you just look at the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles and who they beat, they beat everybody that they're supposed to or all bad teams. Did they ever have one signature win last year? None. They lost to the Cowboys twice. They lost to every team that made the postseason. They haven't beat anybody that proves to me that they're this team that's suddenly going to go 11-6 and six or 10-7 and seven and win the East. I don't see that. I think that this team is still a year or two away, and I think that's why Howie Roseman picked up an extra one in case Jalen Hurts can't take this team to another level. So I don't see this – look, I don't dislike the Eagles. I don't dislike the team. I just don't think they're going to go where Dallas is, and I think Dallas is going to go much better, much deeper run than I think most people predict this year. Uh, it makes me very happy. By the way, the Cowboys signed Jason Peters, the former Eagle, today to try to shore up that offensive line. I, I love the assessment, Mark, you just gave on the Eagles compared to the Cowboys. This is my whole point is I think Dak Prescott is far superior to Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts an NFL starting quarterback? It remains to be seen for me. From your perspective, based on draft evaluation, his days in Tuscaloosa, in Norman, and now having played in the NFL for a brief time, how do you see him? Is he a guy you would be confident in if you were a GM, or would you look to eventually go elsewhere? You know, I think I would look to go elsewhere. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is proving that he can start in the National Football League. I think that's a big step. And you know, But I also think, is he going to be a, you know, this is a terrible analogy because it's not the same type of player, but is he going to be Joe Flacco where you're like, yeah, he's good, but you know, always looking for better. Is he Alex Smith? Yeah, he's good, but, you know, everybody tries to replace him. I think that's what Jalen Hurts is. I don't feel Jalen Hurts is being one of those guys that say, hey, he's a top 10 quarterback in two years from now, or top even more like, like top 15. I think he's going to be one of those 15 to 25 quarterbacks, the Jared Goffs of the world. I think that's what Jalen Hurts is and is going to be, and I think in time, that's not going to get it done in Philadelphia. So as much as you know, I can appreciate his journey, uh, I'm just not as bullish on Jalen Hurts based off of what I've seen in his game. I loved your Joe Flacco analogy. The reason why is, Dave, to me, I always said if Steve Bishotti was the greatest businessman of all time, he would have said, Joe, thanks for the ring. We're not signing you because you're not going to win us anything else. $120 million they gave Joe Flacco back in the day. Hey, Mark, got to wrap it up on this Monday, but it's just great to have you back in the program and talking NFL. I know it's Labor Day. Everybody home, kids at home, or are they all back to school? We, we 
we've got everybody at home, and we got Reds in the back patio going right now, smoking away. Dave. We're good and uh, having, having a great day. And look forward to talking to you too, Dave. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Absolutely. There he is, everybody. Mark Dominic. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Mark Dominic NFL. We'll try to get him back on Monday. I love Mondays with Mark. It's fantastic. Absolutely love it. Thanks to Mark Dominic for joining us here on this Labor Day. The one-man gang, Lorenzo Alexander, is coming up later on this hour. And, and second hour, hold or fire. Get your thoughts and some betting lines for next week. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Easton Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy a lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been many times in life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little bit different. So everyone is on their own journey. Whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you. With the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. You're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today? Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside Amal Shaw, I am Dave Ross. This is Big Bets here in this Labor Day. Just had Mark Dominic on, the former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I fired in the Cowboys to win the East at a plus $1.40. That price has gone up. It's plus $1.50 at BetMGM. After you hear a mark, I might go in for seconds, Amal. I'm now so excited when I hear a GM verify what I believe, that the number right now is too good to pass up on the Cowboys. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, you know, to me, when I look at this Dallas team, I, I think even with the loss of Tyron Smith, you mentioned Jason Peters coming in, former Eagles, great offensive lineman. 40 years old now. Yeah, but I still have question marks about Jalen Hurts, and Mark kind of addressed the same situation. Mm-hmm. He is who he is. He's not going to be a guy that necessarily is going to be a top 15 guy, which I tend to agree with. So I get where you're coming from on the Cowboys. Yeah, and again, it's, it's more of a number now that, remember, back in April, they were minus $1.30. 30 minus an hour 40. Yeah. So that number is swung precipitously. So it feels like there's actual value. If you can believe that on a 12, one team from a year ago, we were talking about cam rising in Utah, how his stock is falling after Utah kind of get got to one at the goal line, if you will, down there in Gatorland on Saturday. And we were talking about uh, pack 12, or Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8, Heisman Trophy winners from back in the day, a couple that uh, we've got to mention. Yeah, absolutely. Plunkett at Stanford, Terry Baker at Oregon State, and Mariota at Oregon. Uh, but, you know, look, my point being is, Dave, when you look at it, you got to go back to Robert Griffin and Tim Tebow of guys that came off of teams that had multiple losses, mm. three losses. Um, it's very difficult to be able to win unless you have that type of situation. Uh, where you, I mean, where you lose games and you'd have to have such an elite year uh, you'd have to have a Barry Sanders type of year to be able to win that. But for me, it really comes down to, um, is your team going to compete for a national championship? You look at Caleb Williams at USC. You look at, um, obviously, Bryce Young. I think here's why Bryce Young is going to be tough. Mm. I think the voters just don't want to give the guy the Heisman two years in a row. Because if you look at Lamar Jackson's numbers in the second year, they were better than the year he won the Heisman. Last uh, guy to win the Heisman Trophy back-to-back? 74-75, Archie Griffin. Iowa State Buckeye. I know yes. you know that, of course. Uh, and very quickly, a little trivia for you, too. Name Eli Manning's going to the Hall of Fame, right? Is that, which in? is criminal. 
But is, is, is he in yet or is he going? I know he's going to go in if he's not already He in. should be on the visitor's tour like everybody else. Outside of those two playoff runs, he never won another playoff game in a different season. Tell me the only starting quarterback to win two Super Bowls. Jim Plunkett. It's full circle. That, Wins the Heisman right. Trophy, two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback. He's the only other guy not in there if Eli gets in. Or is he already in? I don't know. He's going to get in. Yeah, but you know the other thing they need to start doing is they've got to put guys in earlier. Stop putting the dick for meals in when they're 85. I mean, what, what were we waiting for after they won the Super Bowl in with the Rams and they did well with Kansas City? There's no reason to have waited this long. Tom Flores, same thing. So Vermeil gets in because the, just the contribution of football or strictly the coaching? No, I'm talking about the coaching. But what my point is he retired, what, 15, 17 years ago? Yeah. I mean, what are we waiting on? Like, all of a sudden, if, if Eli gets in, Jim Plunkett's going to get in. So now, all of a sudden, have Jim Plunkett's oh, numbers improved? I mean, if you're going to put Dick Vermeil in, does Barry Switzer get in? Just kidding. No, as a matter of fact, Barry Switzer, <laughs> let me tell you something. He cost your team a Super Bowl when they were going for the third one in a row because he threw the ball late in the first half in San Francisco. It was a turnover. Jimmy Johnson would have run the clock out there. They would have only been down 10 and said they were trailing by more. Yeah, and he also got a 15-yard unnecessary whatever yeah. for uh, getting in the official's face after Deion Sanders uh, pushed off Michael Irvin, and they called offensive pass interference on Mike. Cost us the three-peat. Us, we. I was on that team. I don't have a problem when fans say that. My, my <laughs> biggest issue is, though, fans who are not realistic about their teams and how good or bad they are. As Dave, I've, don't worry. You only got to wait three more years. 2025, Eli will be. Uh, okay, because he's going to get in, right? But it's a foregone <laughs> conclusion. for the class. Right. Why he's getting in? Because the Giants had a great defensive line that shut down the, one of the greatest offenses of all time. I mean, you can't bet it, but if you were to bet Eli Manning and get in the Hall of Fame, what would the number be? Minus 3,000? No, I don't think it should be that high. And here's the other thing. If Mike Carey blows the whistle on the David Tyree play, we're not even having this conversation. Are you glad he didn't blow the whistle? I don't really care, but I think if Eli, Eli Manning starts but getting he, in the Hall of Fame, we might as well change the name from the Hall of Fame to the car wash because we're letting everybody through. Paula, very good. Uh, so we mentioned uh, Utah losing that one, a heartbreaker Saturday. Uh, certainly for me, because I looked at it and I go, okay, I did play Utah to win the Pac-12 at plus two. I think I got plus 250. Now, that doesn't change – those prices is that it went up a little bit plus 260 now for Utah to win the Pac-12. Yeah. USC with a big blowout win in their <laughs> opener, right? Yes, go ahead. What were your lap? Look at Oregon cuz we had mentioned last week was this a three-team race? And by the way, UCLA struggled a little bit earlier than they get a blowout win late. Boy, look at their numbers doubled up cuz they were in the twos and now Oregon's plus 475. Remember it's at a conference so it doesn't hurt the quack attack necessarily. It doesn't hurt Utah, but the eye test says uh-oh, USC's the team to beat. Do you believe with that? Uh, I disagree with that vehemently for a couple of reasons. Utah just played what will wind up being one of the five hardest games of the college football season, going on the road to the Swamp in early September with humidity night game down there. Kelly knows he's been down to that stadium. I don't know if you've been there or not, Dave, but it, it's a tough place to play. It's been for a long time. The other thing is, you mentioned U, uh, USC. I'm supposed to be enamored because you beat Rice. That's why you were laughing. Yeah, absolutely. All of a sudden, I, oh, this team looks great because they beat Rice. You know what? SMU's going to win the national title. They absolutely dismantled North Texas. I'll tell you right now, North Texas couldn't score if their life depended on it. They put up 10 points. I saw throughout that game, Rice was able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit more than you would anticipate against a USC type of team. Mm -hmm. The UCLA game, I watched that game. Myself and the 12 other people in attendance there at the ah. Rose Bowl, 105 degrees. Wanted to make sure that Washington State-Idaho was primetime on the Pac-12 network. Um, but the reality of it is, UCLA um, has a blocked punt, and then they have a turnover at, like, their nine-yard line on a drop punt return. 
and Bowling Green scores 10 points from there. They had one drive for seven points. US, uh, UCLA scored, I don't know, 30, 40 straight points in the game. My, my point being is this is just an overreaction. Everyone's enamored with what – I mean, if C.J. Stroud played uh, Rice and they put up 70 points, is he a Heisman frontrunner? No. It, to me, none of that matters. How do you perform in the games where – you know, you play against uh, competitive teams. I can tell you right now, if Florida played USC in that first game and it was in Gainesville, USC's going back to Los Angeles with a loss. So they get the win. UCLA gets the win. Utah gets that loss. And, of course, what happened to Oregon. Let's talk very quickly about that. Because, again, when you look at these numbers, we're going to have a, a Cal Bear joining us next, by the way, Lorenzo Alexander. They're 60-1 to 1 to win the conference. So the longest of the long shots there, right? See Arizona State, 40-1. to 1. Or, uh, Oregon State, the uh, Beavers are eighteen to one. Washington, twelve to one. Is it the top two now? Have we have we excluded Oregon after the thumping they took at the hands of Georgia? It wasn't even about the thumping. Georgia's an elite team. Georgia's much better than I thought coming into the season. However, here's the bigger issue for me: Bo Nix. There's a reason why they couldn't do anything consistently. Still at can't Auburn. win an SEC game. Big one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he looked horrific out there. I thought I thought Oregon at times moved the ball fairly effectively and fairly well. But Bo Nix, his inability to make certain plays, I know the first interception was a tremendous play, but, I mean, to me, look, he might do better against, obviously, inferior defenses. George's defense looked extremely elite. If you're going based on the first week of the season, and this is why the poll should not come out until later in the season, Georgia, without question, looked like the most complete football team. Well, they, you, you said it last week. They should still be the number one team in the country. Absolutely, because you are the defending national champion. Uh, are we giving Alabama credit for beating up on Utah State? I, I don't know. I thought this was a far more impressive win. You know, Georgia was 9-for-9 nine nine in their first nine third-down attempts. The 10th non-conversion came in the final few minutes of the game or whenever their last possession was. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I'm right there with you. Look, Georgia, and by the way, Steve Mackinnon joins us every Wednesday. This was one of his system plays. The, the, the stability, if you will. Yeah. We talked a lot about it last week, and, and Steve's numbers, that's why you, you have to to check out his numbers weekly because he had Georgia in yeah. this matchup with the stability of the coaching, the roster, et cetera. When you start to look ahead now, right, mm -hmm. for the Bulldogs, you go, my goodness, who's going to beat them? I mean, is this, again, we talked about last last week, they could be a one-loss team and still make the college football playoff because we're not at 12 yet, kids. That's not coming for a few years. So we're still at four. But when you watch Georgia, and yes, Alabama inferior competition yesterday, but Georgia has to be the real stunner now. The, the over-under there is 10.5. You got one in the book. And that's it's a solid one. Sorry, Stanford, you're next. I don't even know where they are. Is it South Carolina? No idea where that school is. And then you do have South Carolina, week three. Boy, you look at – where's the loss? Is it Florida? By the way, Stanford is in Alabama. It's in Alabama? The, uh, uh, okay, you win. Birmingham. <laughs> come on, kid. I wait, say, wait, wait, come on. Kelly was looking that up. I always say Sanford and son. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, but, you know, you look at it. USC or UCLA has to go undefeated for the Pac-12 to have a team in there. Georgia's in because it looks like it's going to be Georgia-Alabama in the SEC title game. I know it's early. It's one week into the season. Uh, potentially Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. By the way, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel. Watch out. They're going to they're gonna do some things. When we come back, let's talk to that Cal Bear. Lorenzo Alexander is up next here on Big Bets on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and much more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams with your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It is a whole new game. Back alongside Amal Shaw, I am Dave Ross. We roll on with Big Bets here on Vison and Amal. You know, you, you, we get to meet people in this industry and athletes that come across your path. One of my favorites of all time is a guy I go back to my Washington, D.C. days with, Lorenzo Alexander. Smart guy because he went to Cal. That's what they always tell me. The Golden Bear joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at OneManGang97. Lorenzo, happy Labor Day to you, sir. Just inform the public very quickly as we begin. When I think labor and I think football – 
I think Lorenzo Alexander. How many different positions did you play in the NFL? Man, I played several of them. You know, five or seven, all in games, right? You think about when I first got in the league, I was a D tackle, moved to defensive end, played some guard, played some fullback, uh, some tight end, inside, outside, back, and then, of course, special teams where I was able to really carve out a niche for myself and allow myself to stay in the league a lot longer than probably most people probably would have predicted, even myself, and eventually became an all-pro uh, linebacker later in my career. So uh, definitely very fortunate to be a versatile player. Well, it's great to catch up with you again. And Amal has a theory, and I want to run it by you, so being a special, special teams master that you were. We saw this last night in the LSU game with two uh, fumbles, right, that, that cost LSU dearly. And, of course, special teams was a disaster. Amal likes the idea of not putting back a return man. So you avoid that situation. Would that take away a job from you, Lorenzo, if they just didn't put guys back there to receive punts? Yeah, of course. And then we wouldn't get guys like Devin Hester, Deshaun <laughs> Jackson, I mean, the joystick, human yeah. joystick, and, and Hall. We can go on and on with the great returners. B. Mitch, right, should be a Hall of Famer, guys like that. And if you have a special guy back there, right, you can make special plays, be special. Obviously, the game has changed significantly and the rules and the way it's called now. But it's just so many great memories on special teams and the guys who had the ability to do it unlike anybody else. Lorenzo, I think he forgot a key point. If a jury reads a verdict and they say guilty and you don't hear the word not, it kind of <laughs> changes the dynamic of what he just said. My point is if you've got a seven-point lead with about three minutes remaining, the okay. other team's punting to you, I don't want the guy catching the ball in that situation because you're probably going to fair catch it, and that's probably the greatest likelihood of a fumble where you can change field position by 40 yards. I'm not trying to take away Hester, right. Mitchell, and those guys. I'm talking very situationally where that, I see coaches consistently <laughs> screw things up. Yeah, that makes sense, but you you, you, you trust your guys, right? right. I mean, sure. I've, I've caught punts. I've worked on it. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, I know that certain moment that you try to take the player out of it, but you also coaches are thinking about field position. Sure, you don't put a guy that. back there and it rolls all the way right. back. Then you're in a, a disadvantage because let's say it rolls to the one yard line, right. you go three and out. Now the other team has great field position to start a drive and has a better chance. So there's both ways you can look at it. At the end of the day, players got to execute and do their jobs. And muffing a punt is something that happens, but should never happen based on the work you put in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lorenzo, let's talk about your former team, the Buffalo Bills. They're going to kick it off here in the NFL on Thursday night. You're going to take the show on the road to L.A. Uh, you know, the Rams are going to get those rings. You know this team well, and obviously uh, not too far removed from your playing days in Buffalo. They're the favorites now, Lorenzo, to win the championship this year. The Kansas City heartbreak, how do they put it beside them, turn the page, and start off week one with a W on Thursday night? Well, one of the things that Sean McDermott has preached since day one is not necessarily losing, but learning when you have losses. And I think this team has done a great job of doing that throughout the years, obviously doing it at a very high level, winning a, a ton of games and making adjustments. Um, obviously, they have to now be able to do it in the big moments, especially when they play in the Kansas City Chiefs. I have no doubt in my mind they'll come out this week fired up. You know, obviously, they've added a, a lot of great pieces. Some guys will continue to evolve on that defense and that offense that is definitely going to play a huge role moving forward. And they're going to give the Rams all they can handle. You know, obviously, we don't know what's going on with Matthew Stafford and the elbow. They say it's okay, but I'm betting on the Bills with that defense. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen, what he's able to do in a dual threat ability um, to go out there and win this game on the road. Lorenzo, you mentioned Buffalo there, and I think you bring up a lot of good points with this team. How much of an advantage is it for them, in my opinion, currently playing probably in arguably the weakest or the second weakest AFC division to be able to get that home field advantage. You played there in Buffalo, Western New York, yeah. Orchard Park in particular. 
if Mahomes, if it's Justin Herbert, anybody else, Russell Wilson included, that has to go to Western New York with that home crowd for the AFC Championship game, how difficult is it? And how much of an advantage does that give Buffalo throughout the course of the season if they can achieve what's expected of them? Yeah, I think it matters. I mean, it's nothing like playing up in Buffalo in, in January and February. Not only uh, you obviously got to worry about the weather, um, and that's bone chilling. I remember Oakland coming to us, and it was only like 40 degrees, and they was worried about being cold. It's you know you're gonna have negative wind chill, and you got to deal with Bills Mafia. You know, obviously the best fan base, um, arguably in the entire NFL, if not sports. You know, having a 30-30 on uh, films on them. Uh, so it's going to be hard. I think that's something that they can be able to go out there and do, be dominant. And uh, obviously, if they take advantage of that, it's going to pay dividends, obviously, of going in late into the playoffs. I thought the Cowboys are the best fan base, I guess. Well, no, they don't, they, they don't, they don't have they, they don't have Chippewa <laughs> Street in Dallas, so that's why. <laughs> hey, so uh, you, you mentioned Josh Allen, and you and I actually talked on draft night, right? And, and Maul and I have had this conversation a little bit here on Big Bets. Normally, you know, you look at the MVP market and he's the favorite to win the MVP this year. You can understand that. Quarterback-driven award, we all understand that. You saw him day one to where he is today. Most guys don't get more accurate as they get, you know, longer in the league. We both know Jordan Palmer. I know he's done work with Jordan here. Yep. What's, what's the difference here for Josh from day one, what you saw, and where he is today? I think a lot of it was just he was just working off a lot of raw talent, you know, being a Juco kid transferring. I don't know if he ever really worked with somebody about their mechanics. Um, obviously, as you just mentioned, working with Jordan Palmer, but then also being vulnerable and, and, and humble enough to say, I need that work and really invest and see where he can grow um, in regards to his mechanics and, and fundamentals. And he's taking it, taking it on head first. Obviously, that was a big knock on him. And he's really showed everybody up. I think also having continuity. Right, normally get drafted to a team like 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 the Bills back then. Coaches getting fired up until Sean McDermott every other year, offensive coordinator every other year, and so having Brian Dable for uh, the first uh, three years of his career, also having Sean McDermott, and then now transitioning um, to the new OC who's been there their entire time. I think it's only going to continue to add that comfort level. So I think all of those things have really worked together uh, for Josh, and he's really just ran with it. And I think his personality, as far as working hard. It's really helped him as well. Lorenzo, I want to get your take on the Raiders. They're right now six and a half to one to win the AFC West. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility with the addition yeah. of Adams and Chandler Jones, who I thought has been criminally underrated for the last half a decade. Yeah. This guy can flat out ball. Tell me from your perspective what you see the acquisition of Jones doing for the defense and then Adams helping uh, the slot receiver Renfro and then, of course, Darren Waller. Right. Well, you just see what Derek Carr did last year, overcoming all of the, the organizational distractions that was occurred, you know, whether it was the head coach or other players doing things and still find a way to get that team uh, to the playoffs. And now you add in Adams, you add in, obviously, you already have Waller, Winf uh, Hunter Renfro and what he's able to do. Uh, uh, Jacobs, the great running game. And so they have weapons all over the place. They're able to pound, ground and pound, go deep. And I think Derek Carr is another one of those players that has just been underappreciated for the leadership and his ability. You know, obviously that ankle injury, I think at 16, really kind of deterred his career in some ways, but he's really battled back. And then uh, having Chandler Jones maxed up with uh, Max uh, Crosby across from him, um, I think it's really going to help that defense really be able to get after these pass rushers or quarterbacks when you think about all the great QBs in the AFC West. By the way, uh, Zoe, we were just talking a little bit, Damal and I, before you came on, 
uh, about the Pac-12, uh, Pac-3. I don't know how many schools are still left. Uh, what, Cal Bears 60-1 to to win this, this conference, though. Uh, what's your alma mater looking like this year? Man, I don't even want to talk about it right now. You know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a bear through and through. We put out great talent. I can go through it from A-Rod to myself, Brandon Mebane, Beast Mode. Uh, you know, we have Marvin Jones. We got a ton of talent in the league, Cam Jordan. So as, as bad as we are now, we have always produced greatness. Obviously, this is a, a bad part in our school's history, but we'll we'll work our way through it. Um, you know, it's just so hard right now with the the, the evolution of the, the NC2A landscape, NIL deals, the transfer portal, um, Cal also being a high academic school and trying to find that blend of, you know, um, high character, academically able to keep up with the Cal and then obviously play ball too. So Hopefully we're able to return at some point, whether that's with the Big Ten or Big 12, or wherever we end up in the mix. You know what? The, the, my issue with them is they've got a – Justin Wilcox is a great defensive coach. I just don't know if he's a head coach. Hmm. So very quickly, uh, what are you walking around these days? Because you look like – I know you're playing a lot of golf. If somebody yeah. needs an outside linebacker, is the phone still ringing? No, no, I'm done, man. I'm That's passed me by. All, all I want to do, you know, so if you see me in Vegas this week – just say, man, you can look like you can still play, though. That's all I want people to think. You That's can it. still play, but I can't. I can't take a hit. And I do not want to feel what Monday feels like after a game on Sunday. 15 seconds. You rolling with Nate Diaz this weekend? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to be down there, so it's going to be fun. Of course, you know, obviously he's from uh, from my, my part of the hood in California, so I can't be out there to support him and all his, uh, I know, family going to be down there. Zoe, you're the best, man. Appreciate the time. Uh, there he is, everybody. Two-time Pro Bowl, Lorenzo Alexander. Come on back. It's Beeson's Big Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.